For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening and sorry about the technical hitch before everybody. I don't know what was going on there. The Gremlins got in, possibly some Man City Gremlins. We'll go again now and as you can see, we're live with another three stellar guests joining me this evening to look back at what I'm sure we could all agree is just another quiet, usual, quiet week <laughs> in the life of a Tottenham fan. It's never boring. I don't think, though, any of us envisaged coming here tonight and talking about the result and the performance that we're going to talk about. I think when we ended last week's show, we was all pretty set ourselves and set ourselves up for what was coming. Um, and yet, but Tottenham, they never they never let you down, do they? they? It's never boring. They never fail to surprise us. And we're going to get into this one tonight. So joining us, as usual, our regular guests, Ryan, how you doing, mate? How have you been? And I'm assuming you're joining us in much better spirits this week than you were last week. What of a mood could you be in, Carl, coming on to talk about Tottenham tonight? There is no, <laughs> no other mood. Like I said, me, yourself and Patrick last Tuesday, when we ended that show, it was just, uh, oh, we'll write that game off. We'll, we'll, we'll look towards Burnley, but three points, a very precious three points, and we move on. It was indeed, mate. It was indeed. And joining Ryan is regular. Patrick, have you been, Patrick? Look at the hat. The man is fully ready. The cane's <laughs> up on the go as well. Go. Nothing to see here other than me enjoying a hot chocolate with the best striker in the world. Let's go. They can't get better than that. It can't get better than that. And joining Ryan Patrick tonight, making his debut, is Max. Max, how have you been, mate? And what a week to come on. Oh, not a bad time to make my first appearance, eh? After that. Uh, <laughs> if we can do that every time, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you'll, yeah be get, regular, yeah, you'll be getting a regular. You'll be getting a regular call week. if that happens every week, Max. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's the, these are the guys tonight that are going to talk us through, like I say, another extraordinary week. We'll just do some social media bits first to get us going. So, as always, you subscribe, like these videos. You can join us and subscribe on YouTube and Coys.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Coys underscore com. So get in there, some good chat. We've got plenty of content coming up for you as well over the next few weeks and the rest of the season. So you'll look forward to that. I'm not going to hang around anymore. We're just going to get into this because we've got so much to talk about. Now, before we get to City, I'm going to talk about events leading up to the game. And that was obviously, I say, what we can only be considered again, just chaos, wasn't it? Fiat Tottenham fiasco. Conte did an uh, interview to the Italian media. And obviously, after that interview, things just got chaotic for a few days, didn't they? They're lost in translation. Everybody was kind of worrying about what they would seen and what had come out from Conte in that interview. But I think it's clear to say that there's a good chance that it was all misinterpreted. Conte even came out and kind of put that all to bed, which was great to see a manager do because a lot of the time these sort of rumours can just dwindle on, can't they? Be left unmentioned. But Conte came out straight away, put it all to bed. But before I do that, we're just going to show you, just going to show you a little tweet 
that was put out because we're going to just discuss whether the panel think there's a little bit of a media agenda against Spurs. I'm just going to put up a tweet from Matt Law and this was a tweet that Matt put out even after Conte had put everything to bed <laughs> just by Max there in the corner. And Matt Law has written, not sure telling your Italian manager not to give interviews to Italian media because you're a bit upset with what he said and how it was reported is an excellent idea. Seems a bit think-skinned too, given all of it was true and it really wasn't that controversial. Now, that's after Conte has come out and basically put it all to bed, saying, listen, I was misinterpreted. Everything's good at the club. So, Max, I'm going to come to you first on this, being our guest. Do you think there's possibly a media agenda at the moment that just when the media always like to try and upset Spurs and just make sure that we never can go into anything smoothly? There's always the rumblings, obviously, that every manager's falling out with Daniel Levy. What's your viewpoint on this, Max? Do you think there is a little bit of an agenda there going against the club? I think it's easy to say, yeah, because obviously with Spurs and just it always seems like there's things that just go Spurs, just don't go Spurs' way at times. But when it comes to managers, obviously we've had some big managers recently, like with Mourinho and that, and they know that it, it hasn't worked. So they're going to try and get under Conte's skin because they know, imagine if it's two world-class managers that it fails with, it's like, well, that's that's the Tottenham story, isn't it? So the media just love to try and get behind behind anything like that and just, just try and stir. I mean, of course Conte's going to talk to like his native countries and sports places like about Spurs and it's always going to be interpreted a little bit different, isn't it? So to what the English media I mean, think about any story about Harry Kane. He could he can score a hat trick at the Etihad and they'll still try and say, Oh, it was only like a six to t- out of ten performance. You know, you know what I mean? It's just it's because it's Tottenham. Um, I think as well, going into a big game like that, they, they're tr- probably trying to get behind, uh, like under their skin and just try and rattle the players and rattle the manager. But it also comes down to Conte speaking his mind at times. He actually speaks what he wants. He says what he wants. And you, you see fans saying, oh, well, maybe he shouldn't be doing this, doing that, doing that. And well, no, because we want to be seeing this. He's a he's a he's a manager. He's got character, as you can see of him on the touchline. This is like we'd love to see that. It's like the twelfth man, and then it, it's so frustrating. You just want one. You want your manager to be able to actually lead the team, manage it how he wants, and not by the upper, not by the board, not by Levy. You don't want none of that. We want to we want to play on the Conte. We want his football. They're all listening to him. They're all happy. I mean, Kane's come out and said he's happy, haven't they? And this is the media again trying to say he's not not happy, or they're going to try and force a move to City and. I can't be bothered with it. It's every season. It's every manager. It's so boring. I think it obviously becomes an easy target, don't we? Because of, if you like, the rumblings of previous transfer windows and managers and comments that they've said. I think there, and and obviously Levy is known as being a ruthless chairman and tries to get, you know, penny pinch on deals if he can and tries to undercut everything. So, Ryan, do you think that it's because of that that the media obviously think, well, we'll just try this. It's an easy opportunity to try and stir the pot. We always, you know, we've Conte came with this view that if he doesn't get what he wants, he's going to leave. So do you think the media have latched on to that and think, well, this is just going to be an easy headline to pump out every week, That and especially if Tottenham lose, that it'd be like, well, you know, the squad's not good enough. Conte's probably not happy. If he doesn't get what he wants in the summer, he'll leave. It, are we an easy target? We are, I think I think that would be the same if we still had Ryan Mason in charge. That's just how they are with us, to be honest. Like Max was saying a minute ago, Conte's got one filter. He's not going to change 
how he is with journalists or anyone. But it's not just journalists that do it about Tottenham. I mean, if if you listen to the Gary Neville podcast, Martin Tyler asked him if Harry Kane used that as an audition for both Manchester clubs in the summer. I mean, there's just I don't see what type of question that is to ask after he's just got two goals, the winning goal at the Etihad. You don't have to bring up a move to either Manchester club. Just talk about his performance, talk about the team's performance. Like I say, you're going to get more interviews like that from Conte, but fans need to decide what they want now because they wanted a manager who will call out the board if he doesn't feel like he's being backed. But then he calls out the board and they're unhappy that he said something to the public. You, you can't have it both ways. If you want him to call out the board and say what his fans are feeling about the transfers, selling players, buying players, or you want him to be quiet and become a puppet for the board like we've had before, there's only one option. I'd rather him be as he is, have interviews with the Italian media and say exactly how he's feeling because maybe that's something that Levy's not actually used to. I mean, Mourinho didn't do that as much. He, he used to always compliment the squad that he had. He might have been upset with transfers, but he used to say he loved the squad that he had. His squad was brilliant, whereas... Conte's actually telling you the truth of we could have strengthened a bit more in January. We let four players go, only brought two in. You could have done more. I, I'd rather him do that, but whoever's manager, they're going to target Tottenham. It, we could do the Premier League and Champions League double in the season. They'll still <laughs> find something to complain about with Tottenham. I remember, like as you say, the Harry Kane stuff reminded me of Poch at the time, didn't he? I remember one game on Sky when I think United were possibly going to be looking for a manager. And I think, <clears throat> if I remember rightly, Sky just literally spent the whole game basically just bigging up Pochettino. Was this he going to United? Um, is this his audition for United job? And it was just like, listen... I don't, this is a Spurs game. Can we talk about the game rather than Poch going to United? Patrick, what's your views? What do you think the media, do you think they like to try and hit us with the big stick and just try and keep upsetting the apple cart just to try and give, you know, upset the club, yeah. knock us out of our momentum? Yeah, I think we're easy targets. Out of the big six clubs, we're the smallest club and um, the media love to throw that at us. Um, before it used to be, you know, before when we were doing well under Pochettino, it was always, are their players going to want to leave? They don't pay the wages. Then we started increasing everyone's wages. Then it was something else. Then obviously we didn't win for a while. So it's, players will want to leave to win trophies. Then, like you said, they were trying to literally sell Poch to every big club. Uh, every you know second, then a transfer window would open, and is is Harry Kane leaving? What's going to happen there? The Harry Kane saga now seems to be behind us, so it's basically Conte's unhappy, and all these journalists keep coming out with quotes and keep basically Conte's come out like you said, Carl, and pretty much put it to bed and said, "This is not what I said. I explained it here. It got lost in translation." Then you see a journalist then turn around and say, oh, how can you tell Conte not to talk in Italian? And it's just crazy. No matter what happens, they will spin it. And even, I, I can't remember the name of a journalist. I think it was Matt Law again. Uh, then pretty much Conte come out and said what he said. And he was like, oh, but Conte never uh, said that he's not going to leave in the summer. Like He never even addressed that issue. Why are you even putting that into the, yeah. into the headline? So no matter what happens, they know that with, with we our chairman is what he is, you know, love him or like him, whatever that is, that's another 
topic for another day. But because of who he is, it's easy to turn the chairman against the manager and they'd love to do that. And um, just as we're finding former momentum, I know we've had the three losses, but before then things were going well. So what can they do to upset us? They throw that out there. You know, we just beat Man City. Why is not everyone talking about the game and the performance? Yet they mm. try and find another problem. For me, I don't want to be on here acting like victims because, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, we're the, we create our own narrative. But it is annoying when every time you open Twitter or turn the media on, there's something negative about us. Just give us the praise and credit for the game and then talk about the Burnley game or talk about Harry Kane's performance or how good Son was or how good Romero was or how good we were as a unit. But yet they want to talk about Kane possibly moving in the summer. Now, as you said, Carl, they're talking about possibly Manchester United buying him. <laughs> then I'm seeing something about, oh, if Lukaku continues like this, Harry Kane will be on their radar. I'm like, what? What's going on? They just spent 100 million on a striker. Why are you talking about Harry Kane to Chelsea? It's ridiculous. So I mean, it is, it is the, frustrating. But it's Kane crazy. to United is, you know, say if the guy wants to win trophies, then I don't think United yeah, not, right exactly. are going to be and the no, club. That and no shade to they. United. They're a massive club, but why would he go there? It doesn't make no sense. Um, At the moment, you don't go to Man United and get instant success. That's exactly. it. Actually, yeah. It's another project. It's another like project. Us. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think this is going to be something, isn't it, guys, that it's just going to rumble, isn't it? Because the closer we get to the end of the season, we'll start to get the, is Harry Kane going to leave? We're going to start to get the, if Conte doesn't get his back in, is he going to, is he going to walk Carl, in the I summer? Think, so it's going to get Carl, worse, isn't it? Sorry, sorry to interject. I think if we get top four, a lot of it will be deaded because yes. they know we're in the Champions League. We can attract yeah. a higher calibre player. And Kane has come out and said, as long as we compete, as long as we're in the Champions League, he's happy to stay here. So yeah. if we get Champions League, it will kind of get watered down a bit. If we don't, God help us, because they will... Yeah, we're in trouble if we don't. Yeah, <clears throat> we're in big trouble. Yeah, project Holly's there, Project <laughs> Mark too. <Exactly. laughs> we always go back to a project at some point. Mm. Don't fear, there'll be another one. Okay, so that's the media. We don't want to give them any more time, really, because yeah. they don't really deserve it. That's start looking ahead to the good stuff here and, and going back to Saturday evening. Now, we had a Nigel Johnson, a good viewer of ours and a good friend of the show. He sent me a question in the week and just said he listened to the previous episode and, like us, was feeling a little bit worried about what might happen. And he asked, he wanted to ask each one of you guys, did anybody see that performance coming? Patrick, what about yourself? Did, did you at all envisage a performance like that coming? You know what? Oddly enough, on the watch-along I did on the football terrace, I said that we would win 3-2. And I said to everyone, put a bet on. And people were laughing at me saying, oh, what are you talking about? So it was a bit tongue-in-cheek because I was scared and worried, obviously, because um, the form that we're in against Man City at the Etihad, Jesus, it could have been four or five. But something also told me that if we turn up, we can beat these guys. Something about us against Man City. And on our day, to be fair, I'm not trying to big us up. To, we're not there yet. But on our day, we can give anyone a game. We have got the quality there if we want to play. And um, I didn't see us winning like that, especially not in the death. But when we went 1-0 up, I was quietly confident. I was a bit worried because, um, as I said on Holly Hotspur stream just a minute ago, um, when you score against a team with Man City's ilk so early, you can almost awaken the beast. And then they're going to turn from second to third to fourth gear. And, you know, they're going to obviously, they, they've got something to go at. But we defended resolutely. It was annoying that the goal that they scored was off our mistake. It's not like they really carved us open and created a quality chance and scored. It was a Hugo Lloris kind of blunder. And obviously they scored. But 
Yeah, to win the game the way we did, obviously we'll touch on it later on, but amazing. And um, you can't beat that feeling, you know, against a top team like that, when you turn the game around 2-2 in extra time, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe a draw's not that bad anyway. It's still a point that we didn't think we were going to get. But then to go on and snatch the three points and see the players turn up, they believed in themselves, the quality, the passing, the way we moved the ball around, Ben Tunker finding Kuliszewski, Kulu cutting in, whipping it to the back post and came. It's like everyone believed that they could go on and win that game. And we did. And yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. We had a question last week, um, or we showed a tweet last week from that Tottenham feed where he said that one of Conte's biggest jobs with his Tottenham team would be changing the mentality of the side. And we kind of spoke about that for a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, and sort of we said, did, like, yeah. you know, it's something we want to see. And I have to admit, Max, that... When City mm -hmm. scored that penalty and you still saw that there was like four to five minutes left on the clock, I have to admit the worst came over me and you just thought, <laughs> oh, you know what's coming now. This next four or five minutes, they're going to get the ball back straight away. Next move, they'll probably score the winner and this will just be typical Spurs all over. But we did show the sort of character that I think we want to see mm -hmm. and that potentially Conte could install in this side, didn't we? Because we didn't panic mm -hmm. and the goal itself is a class move that gets that goal. And I have to say the character that they showed to then recover from that, you know, compose themselves the other end and get that winner is unbelievable, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. Everyone's heads, obviously, they're going to naturally drop. You've been, you're leading for most of the game and then literally 90th minute penalty. And you just think, well, oh, here we go again. It's Man City. It's happening again. It's, they're going to go on to win it. Don't know where they get seven minutes from and then we should end up playing 98 <laughs> and a half. But it's like, that's what, that's what does my in right. It says seven minutes and you're still playing 98 minutes. I think, I think Romero has to get that cross out. You know, the one where he slides across. Yeah, That's yeah. in the 98th minute. Yeah, it think, is, where yeah. does that even come from? <laughs> but the penalty itself, don't get me wrong, brilliant penalty. Brilliant penalty. No keepers saving it that. Mahrez, I, I think that was his 18th goal of the season. But they've got players across the, the park. Anyone can do that for them. They've got Their, their, their team is so attacking-minded. And I said to my dad before the game, I said, if you just sit back, because I, I feel like there's a bit of a difference between counter-attacking football and just literally sitting back. Because it's the way you're, this way the players are based, and that that turn, obviously, like when the ball came to Benton Kerr, and there was someone that I see saying, it's like he could have easily passed it back. Another day, yeah. if it's not him, it's Winks going back to the keeper, or it's going to someone's end. The way he turns the Bruin, one of the best midfielders in world football, he just turned him and started the, an attacking move by three, four touches. You're on the edge of their box. You're on yeah. the edge of their box, and then you put in a cross in, you're scoring. That that move must have been what 15, 20 seconds, easy. And I feel like that's what Conte, he, he plays that football, he played it for Inter Milan, didn't he? So yeah, I, I'm hoping we can just push on from that. And like Pat was saying, that feeling is like nothing else. The feeling, you don't get that feeling. You can't put that feeling into someone that isn't a football fan. You either have that or you haven't, you know what I mean? So, uh, it's and especially when you're, you've got your mates around you that are Gooners and Liverpool fans. <laughs> yes, come on, it, it makes, let's go. It makes it, it, makes it even better. So, you had the what, best that's evening. That's what it's all about. If you that haven't watched Max's about. Watch Along, oh. you've got to go and watch Max's Watch Along on his YouTube channel yeah. because he's Wait, surrounded by Arsenal, Chelsea and Liverpool fans. They, they, they were ready. They were ready for him. They were ready <laughs> to <laughs> stick the knife you know, in. You know what? The Liverpool fans are actually so, like with me because obviously yeah, they're thinking they're back in the title race. Yeah. So, do you know what? It's just, do you know what? The weird thing is Man City, I know everyone's like, oh, you're going to get, you have the, the ones that are even going to say you're going to get bad or you're going to get a cheeky win. It's never like I'm just going to take a draw. 
It's never like <laughs> it's never it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. But it's just that it's just the ninetieth minute penalty. It's just the heads go down because that's obviously what you're asking. It's how you pick yourself up from yeah, that, right. yeah. yeah, and you go again. And I think that mentality, what he's got, he's he's drilled into them, is obviously why likes of Kane wants to stay because he's seen what Conte can can bring to the table, and it, and two of those players that were in the side that created the goals. They're, they're Conte signings in the January transfer window. Yeah, right. what, what what could he do with a summer window? I mean, it is exciting, but the summer window will depend, obviously, how the rest of the season plays out, obviously. It will. Ryan, obviously, it was a great performance. And I think the one thing that I really took away from that performance as well was when you look at the chances we created, free was letting City off the hook. Because we opened them up on numerous occasions, didn't we? I mean, there's a potential goal of the season contender in there. If Kane slots the one away, just, you know, where he gets in, it's one-touch football all the way up the pitch. Kane gets played in, and normally you would have expected Kane to bury that, but it's a great save in the end. But this wasn't a lucky win, was it? This wasn't a nick it at the death with a, an iffy goal. This was a performance where three could have easily been four or five. Oh, yeah. Everyone who goes to City knows that they're going to dominate the possession. They're going to have a majority of the ball. But it's what you do when you've got the ball and you're on it. And every attack we had, we created something. Like I say, whether it was Kane's chance or Son had an effort from the edge of the box. Obviously, Kane had an offside goal. Every time we actually moved the ball forward, and like Max was just saying, it, it wasn't that many passes. I mean, look at the first goal. It was... Loris to Romero, Romero to Davis, Davis Kane, Kane Son, Son Kulusevski goal. It's that, that's probably what frustrates me the most with Tottenham. When I know that other teams we play have a low block and we have to break them down, but you see us moving the ball that quick and that precise, it frustrates you when you don't do it against the like of Wolves and Southampton. I know obviously it's a different opposition, but we have got that football about us. And let's say the last goal was. If Sanchez was there instead of Romero, you could see that ball going back to Loris. Or if Winks was there instead of Benton. Goal. Ball, yeah. If Winks was there instead of Benton, Corey, he's yeah, never, he makes the easy never pass. turning that around yeah. the corner the first yeah. time. Not in a million. And we said it on Tuesday, the wing-backs obviously did not. The, the, we've been waiting for a player who could put a ball into the box like Kulusevski did for Harry Kane to arrive on. And he, all he's got to do is get his head to it and he's scored a goal. We've been waiting for a player who could put the ball. I mean, uh, if Doherty had that ball, like I say, that cross is never reaching Kane at the back post. It's never, ever going. I mean, mm-hmm. when I saw Doherty running on, on the overlap, I thought, do not <laughs> give him that ball. Do not play yeah. Doherty in there. Put the ball in. Like I say, it's, that's confidence. To go to concede in the 91st minute from a penalty, to then pick your heads up, get the ball, keep the ball, and then get yourselves on the attack. I say most teams would have gone back to the keeper or would have just played the rest of the game out. For our lads to actually have the mentality to get the ball up and actually mm. go for the winner at the Etihad against probably the best team in the world at the minute, it shows a lot of what Conte's doing on the training ground with these boys. And I say, nah. We've just got to take it into Wednesday now. Hopefully that confidence is sky high. And like I say, top four's never been off as much as we've... Uh, we lost three games, but 
nobody's pulling away from us. Beat Burnley on mm. Wednesday, go to Leeds at the weekend. Anything, like I say, anything's possible. This confidence, this win against City could be exactly what we needed for Champions League. Well, it's a perfect. Oh, also add... Sorry, Max, go on, Max. Sorry, mate. I was going to say the, the substitutions, because normally we're so used to seeing like Lucas and then Son and Kane stay on. But the fact that he kept, like, he, he changed it up a little bit. And I think that's what makes it exciting now. I feel like Conte's not afraid. If someone's not putting in a performance or he feels like it's not suited, like, think of the other day. I know it didn't work, but he took Sessignon off straight away, do you remember the other yeah. day? And it's like, yeah. it's about time we have someone that does just thinks this ain't working. It needs to change now. Because how many times do you sit in the stand and you think, come on, like, we can see it. We, yeah, we're like, yeah. come on, you need to make a change. And they wait until like 70th, 80th minute and you think, well, we've lost the game now. So it, it's so nice to see like a bit of fresh air, some new faces. Kulu's obviously not going to be as fast as Son and, and Lucas, but that his technical ability seems seems to be there. So, I mean, he hasn't played much football either. I mean, we've only seen him play for like 60 minutes, really, haven't we? So he's scored, got an assist. Like, he started well, well at Spurs. That was the great thing, wasn't it? Because I must admit, a couple of a few people you were seeing some tweets and that over, you know, when he made his first two substitute appearances, questioning and already kind of getting on the guy's back around or oh, lack of pace and all that. But I think that performance has kind of, you know, perfectly put that to bed, isn't he? Because you've actually seen there the guy starts and you give him a fair crack at a whip and and kind of maybe play to his strength. He looks like he could add something, can not he? You know, and to try and judge him on two substitute appearances when you're coming on when the game's kind of gone and you've got to chase it and there's an expectation isn't really the sort of fair point to judge a player on you've got to wait till they get a couple of starts it's not easy to come on in a game and try and get up to speed with the pace and get involved so that performance me patrick he he looked solid didn't he in that performance and you can only think that it's going to get better as the weeks go on yeah, I think he's a good player. I mean, obviously, I don't, I, I won't lie and say I've seen him loads at Juventus, and uh, I won't claim to 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 be, you know, uh, uh, a Serie A connoisseur. But from what I've seen of him in the Spurs shirt, I didn't really understand why people were digging out, digging him out after like playing, like Max said, ten minutes here, twenty minutes, about ten there. minutes, yeah, about yeah, twenty minutes like, overall. How, yeah. can, how can you judge a player in the first? I mean, we've seen Cancelo for Man City comfortably one of the best fullbacks in the world. He was shaky for mm. his first season at Man City. We've seen players like Kevin De Bruyne have to leave and go somewhere else to establish themselves and come back. The same with Lukaku. Top players, it takes... I mean, obviously not every player is going to work. You see players signing for big money and it doesn't work. You see players coming in for, you know, a low fee and it works. Give the guy time. Like Dembele, when he first come from Fulham, he was all over the place. We was playing him as a number 10. Yeah. He was, it wasn't working. We put him on the wing. It didn't work. It takes... It takes time for players to find their feet. But to be fair to him, his first start, got a goal, got an assist, looked comfortable throughout the game. I can't really, you can't really ask for much more. The fact that Conte's, both of his signings played uh, and, and contributed in our biggest game of the season so far, and they look good. What more can you take out of it? I mean, the Negatrons and the naysayers are going to have to keep quiet for. It's crazy because our own fans are, are hoping that these guys flop just so they can have something negative to say. I don't understand that mentality. You're meant to be behind the boys, backing them and wanting them to do well. And I think they both will do well. And it looks like they're, you know, two players that Conte did want and he's thrown them right in straight away and they're making 
massive uh, difference to the game. And and yeah, Kulu looks great. Yes, he might not be as quick as Son or Lucas, but paces and everything. Just because you're quick, it doesn't mean you're a good player. Traore's got... Well, look at Harry, um, look at Harry Kane, for example. Exactly. One of the best players. Um, and I said it I said it on Holly Hotspur's stream. Teddy Sheringham and Berbatov, two of the best players we've seen in the Spurs shirt. None of them sure. had a, 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 a lack of, you know, a lick of pace. And... and Pace isn't everything. I mean, Kane isn't quick and he's still one of the best players in the world, comfortably. Lucas is lightning quick and, and I love the guy to death, but he hasn't been great in the last couple of weeks, has he? His touch has been abysmal and he's just his decision-making has, hasn't been great. Kudu comes on, he's calm, he's cool, he's making the right pass, he's getting at people. And obviously that cross, like Ryan said, we've been screaming out for our wing-backs to provide service like that. The guy just takes it on himself to do it Kane runs in and you can see the difference as well. When strikers and players believe that they're going to get that pass and the ball's going to come to them, it really makes that difference. Ben Tunker uh, whipping that uh, pass across. None of our midfielders would have been able to do that or even think to do that. And that's the difference. So, yeah, I think he, he played well and, and he's only going to get better. He's young, first start. Hopefully, you know, he continues to press on and we get, um, you know, I think there's two good players there, two very good players there. Ben, ben Tankor is absolutely wicked. Yeah. He's, he's exactly what we needed. He's that bit of flair in midfield. We haven't had that for so long. And um, isn't it nice to have a yeah. couple of new signings that actually come and fit into the team exactly. straight away and, and do something. And, kind yeah. of running. Um, and when you looked at their numbers after the game, you know, Benton Core is right up there with, you know, miles covered in that game. Um, and as you say, a player who can just put his foot on the ball, turn that ball over the defence like he did for the last goal, it, it does make a difference. Because as we've said, I think, mm -hmm. you know, some of our other options in there turn probably straight back and look, let's just see a point out here. So that was great. So we got the lead nice. We got we got a nice early lead. And then obviously we knew we'd come under a little bit of pressure straight away. Um, and obviously they get back in the game it, a real fortunate kind of goal in a way, but I suppose mm. we have to look at Hugo again. I mean, obviously we come that this comes off the back of the Wolves game where obviously, you know, Hugo, you had to look at him for both of those goals and say he played a big part in us conceding both of those goals wasn't good enough. And obviously again on the weekend, there is a goalkeeping mistake in there, which kind of helps them get the goal. This one was obviously a little bit more difficult because it's a whipped in ball. You've got defenders and an attacker both rushing in. It takes a bounce just before him. But I want to show you another tweet here that I think is something that I think we have seen over the last couple of games, which is kind of frustrating. Um, so this is at Coy's Jordan 94. And he says, I know Larice is at fault for the goal, but I'm effing sick and tired of seeing a player on the edge of our box get the ball and have time to look up and put a cross in whilst our players just stand there and watch. Now, it is a theme that we have seen, isn't it? You know, we, we saw the goals against Southampton where you end up stand off Ward Prowse and give one of the best deliverers of a ball time to whip crosses in. We In the Wolves game, we see the defenders stand off Neves on the end of the box. Again, a player that you know can shoot from distance. And again, here at the weekend, you know, we do allow the ball to get whipped in and we do allow Sterling loads of time just to line up across and put it in. So do we think that obviously that doesn't help Larice and it doesn't let Larice off though? Is that something we've got to start looking at about how we get out to some of these players to kind of stop the cross or shot coming in first of all? Ryan, what do you think on that? You see, I had a little 
a little disagreement with my dad watching it with him at the weekend. Because like as soon as the goal went in, he said, Loris again, what's he doing? But my argument was exactly like the tweet. You've got to look beyond the goal. You've got to ask why Sterling has time to get the ball on the edge of the box, look up, take five, six, seven seconds before he actually puts the ball in before they get the goal. Yes, Loris could have done better, but the pressure De Bruyne put him under probably caught his eye last minute. But like I say, you can't let Loris off. It's still... <laughs> he will probably look at it himself as an error leading to a goal, never mind as fans. Yeah. But like I say, it's... You've got... We've, we just seem to lack that bit of... I don't think the players communicate enough in situations like that. I don't think it's even nobody pushes or two or three players push and we've left two or three men in the box on their own waiting for the ball. It's, I mean, that's... I would expect Kulisevsky to get out to him. Even though I'm not going to blame him for it because not only did he his performance offensively, he was brilliant, but when you look at it defensively, well, the majority of Man City's attacks were down our right-hand side. So we had to put in a hell of a shift going forward and getting back to support Emerson for the 90 minutes. And like I say, to take to leave him on and take Son off as well shows huge confidence Conte's got in him. But there's got to be something. I don't know whether it'll be a three-man midfield that would sort that situation out. Obviously, if you've got a Hoiberg skip and Benton Core in there, maybe someone gets out quicker. But it is something we've got to look at because the last few games, like I say, Ward-Price, you... You can't leave a, a bloke like Ward Price on the ball like that because he will find anybody he's looking for in that box. Never, never is it exactly the same. You saw the goal he scored against Leicester at the weekend. That was his first time effort that he put in straight in the bottom corner. So you know he can. He, I think. I think uh, probably about seventy percent of his Wolves goals have been outside the box since he signed for them. So you know what he's going to do and his capability, but. It's probably something that's going to be worked on. Maybe something Conte's looked at himself and hopefully the players can communicate a bit better on the pitch. I say whether it's Emerson or Kulosevsky or maybe Bentecourt or Hoiberg having to come out to him, but I'm not going to look into it that much because we won. We beat we beat the top of the <laughs> yeah. We're back in the top four, so that's done now for me. I mean, we, you know, we have to you know say what, Carl, Sorry, Patrick, go on, Yeah, sorry, Carl. Just to say, um, you know what? Just to flip that on its head and look at it the other way, the amount of times that we did stop crosses coming in, mm-hmm. the amount of times we did close down. Yeah. And even though Hoiberg hasn't been great this season, when Hoiberg came off against Southampton, that's when you notice that uh, Ward Prowse had a lot more time to whip those crosses in. So Hoiberg, even though he hasn't been fantastic on the ball and he's been quite sloppy, he presses and closes down people relentlessly. Hence why against City, he was really good and they didn't have time to get on and whip those crosses in. And against Southampton, if you notice, after he came off, that's when they really hurt us. So we have to also look at the other side of it. Hoiberg isn't great on the ball and he has his faults, but he does close down and he presses all day long. So it is. it does go both ways. Um, Hoiberg had a really good game on Saturday and you notice he that he was part of that whole defensive masterclass. So... I think we just need to also, yeah, players need to be held accountable. And I did see even Hugo Lloris having a shout at Dyer uh, in the game as well, communicating. Yeah. So the communication seems to be a bit better because they picked it up on Sky. They was like, oh, Hugo's having a word with him. And it was quite early on. It's just like, do your job. Mm. 
communicate and just talk I think to like, each other. As you said, Patrick, which is right, you know, by the end of that game and, and all throughout that game, bodies were being put on the line yeah. at, at, at every opportunity. You know, the moment there was a tackle to be made, we made tackles. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the clip that right near the death, you know, when Doherty did come on. Yeah, he, puts yeah, he does a little. He, does and he a almost little like celebrates. Yeah. So, we can't knock it too much. It was just a shame yeah. for that one goal. There was a load of space. But Max, obviously, Hugo probably should do better with that. But I have to say, mm -hmm. he didn't half make up for it afterwards in the second half, didn't he, with that save from Gundogan? Oh, that, I mean, obviously, that's going top corner. And it's just, it's just, you, well, you can see it from the TV. It's bending in the top corner. And we've seen it time and time again throughout the years. Larice does make phenomenal saves and he, and he, do you remember that one that was a few years ago? I think it was in Europa League where it went behind him and he like jumped back off and the saved line. It and yeah, yeah. yeah. We, no, champ, that was Champions League, league, wasn't it? Champions yeah, League, yeah. Champions League, league. Yeah. is amazing, amazing I'm, save. Yeah. Sorry, Pat, it's just been so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> we we were but, once a Champions League club, Max. Don't don't do that. <laughs> the media wouldn't have you believed that, guys. Yeah, so. I'm to remember. <laughs> but uh, I think. Obviously, we're, we're very quick to judge um, because it's heat at the moment as well. Uh, and it's easy for keepers to like be at fault for most below. Because a goal is a goal. A goal can win you games, as we know. So if mm. a keeper makes one chance, he could make 10 brilliant saves, but make one stupid mistake. And then that's all that's he gets remembered remember. for, right? Yeah. So the amount of times we, we've got to remember, Lloris hasn't ever asked for a transfer. He's never asked you to leave. He's, he's signed another two-year deal. Like This is someone who... He's been there. He's been right up here with Spurs, and he's seen us fall to the bottom. And then now he's coming like we're back up. We've got a brand new manager. We like everyone's finding form again. So he's stuck with us. I don't think there's one person out there that can happily say they'd see another another someone in goal like after Larice. I think when he when he leaves us, it'll be it'll be sad because there's no one that's no one that you can get around like this day and age like 10 15 million without taking a gamble that's that his sort of yeah, quality right. absolutely no You're way talking about people I think, like Pickford yeah. and people like that where you go well I oh, wouldn't no, rely on no someone way like yeah no just to come in I mean I don't know who I've done who like if you had to pick someone to say like in the league that's realistic obviously you're not going to sit here and say like a De Gea or someone like that but I've actually always been a big admirer of that Melia from from Leeds. I actually think yeah, he's only young as well. I don't know, man. They they do concede a bit too much for me to to really back him. I don't know. It could be like a Ramsdale though, because Ramsdale we all laughed at him, and he's coming to Arsenal. Mm. And if we're being honest, if we take our Spurs hats off, he has been quite good. So it might be that. Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. I I I think I maybe guess... Henderson at United. He could be a good shout. But yeah, would United sell him to us? I'm not sure. Also, Martinez, since he's gone to Villa, he's been brilliant. Yeah, for he's, them been, as well. he's been very good. The, the way the way I look at it with Lloris as well, like as you've said, Max, ultimately as a goalkeeper, one mistake and it costs you a goal. You know, players can give the ball away on the edge of the box, mm. or a striker cannot finish. It, it gets missed because it doesn't. It can ultimately not cost you a game. Whereas a goalkeeper, one mm -hmm. mistake, goal goes in. But I always think at the moment when I'm looking at the keeper. If we're looking at the summer, I'm not spending money on a goalkeeper because I'm sitting there thinking we've still got Hugo, who I think is still good for another couple of seasons. And I trust him to be a decent number one over the course of a season where I don't then see the point in wasting 30, you know, 30 odd million to bring in another goalkeeper yeah. at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, like do, I, say, I do wish... I do wish he'd come out and collect more crosses, but... Yes. <laughs> that's, but that's one thing. It, that is true. 
But then saying that, Ryan, uh, sorry, Patrick, Dyer came back in. It was the question all week, wasn't it? Would Dyer be yeah. fit? Would he be yeah. ready again? And he comes back in. And I have to say, I've never felt more comfortable watching a side sling crosses into the box, knowing that Romero and Dyer were going to be there. Yeah. Because I didn't want to see City play their one touch, pass and move stuff, because that can tear you to shreds. But as soon as they mm -hmm. kept trying to cross as often, I was just thinking... Okay, please keep doing this because we've just got two lads in there who put their bodies and heads in the way of yeah. everything. That's meat, that's meat and drink for Eric Dyer, who is literally a slabhead. He loves that. That's what he does all day <laughs> long. He's like, I mean, and I was saying it on um, Twitter last week that I can't wait for Eric Dyer to come back. We've really missed him. And then, you know, we had rival fans battling us saying, oh, you lot are down bad. Is Are things really that bad when you're waiting for Eric Dyer to come back? But I'm mm. like, if you actually watch us this season, Eric Dyer has been really good. And then he proved it. I mean, he's been out for, what, a month, two months? Comes in, pretty much the hardest test in the Premier League. Say, to Man City. That, is a, that is probably one of the worst games yeah, you want to exactly. come back Yeah, exactly. A in, baptism of fire. A way to Man City who are in scintillating form and they need to win the game. It's not a gimme for them. They had to win that game. They know that Liverpool are breathing down their necks. They were playing to their, you know, they were, they were Man City were good. But Eric Dyer was, he was just better. He was brilliant. No messing about. The thing with Eric Dyer is that he is like the calming soothness to, you know, Romero's quite, not. I wouldn't say he's wild because he's not wild, but Romero's quite feisty and they bite and they go for everything, where Dyer's a bit more chilled and he'll lay back. But together they work really well and, yeah, clearing things. But Dyer also has, because he used to be like, a you know, a midfielder, DM type of thing, he's quite decent on the ball. So he can also ping a pass and find a pass. So they work really well together. And... Yeah, they were. I wasn't really ever worried with them defensively. Like, I didn't really feel. You know, when Sanchez is on the ball, you're worried, aren't you? Or when <laughs> when someone's running at Sanchez, yeah, you, oh. you know, yeah. But I didn't oh, feel that with Dyer. So, yeah, I hope, mm. long may it continue. It's only one game. You know, we don't want to get too carried away because don't get me wrong. I've seen times this season where Dyer has literally forgot where the yeah, ball yeah. is or forgot where his man is. But on the whole, he has been good. Like, you know, like we say about Luis. Pretty much, he's better. He's he's more good than he is bad. I'd say the same for Dyer this season as well. Mm. And Ryan, we spoke about him last week, and he came back into the side this week. And I have to say, I think he probably had one of his best games for us, and that was Emerson Royal. Now, again, obviously the crossing is still an element where you you want to see a better delivery. But I have to say, I felt he coped really well. And he was one of those players who was putting his body on the line. And, and I say that that performance will give him a lot of confidence, I think. Oh, yeah. Like I said earlier, the, when you're watching the game, the majority of the City attacks were down our right-hand side. So we had a lot of work to do that game. Obviously, Sterling and Cancelo on that left-hand side. They obviously targeted Emerson as it is. But also on the attack when we win the ball back he's, he was afforded so much space because Cancelo gets that forward, once we get on the ball he was afforded that much space that he had actual, you could see him have time on the ball, recently he's, he seems like he, as soon as the ball gets to him he panics because obviously players aren't daft, they, they're on social media, they see what, play, what fans say about them, they hear what fans say they hear little jeers in the stadium Maybe his confidence isn't as high as we'd want it to be. But it's exactly like Patrick said last week. He's a young lad in a new country, in a new league. Mm. You've got to be patient with him. And like I say, this, that game could have gone one or two ways for him. He could have either cost us two or three goals through 
bad marking or silly challenges. I mean, there was one challenge, I think, in the second half where he dived. In yeah. the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going crazy. I got jumped out of my skin when he did that. that yeah. It just reminded me of a Serge Aurier challenge mm. in years gone by. But like I say, it worked out for him. That game worked perfectly for him. And like I say, even Matt Doherty, when he came on, he was getting in positions he needed to be in. He was actually mm-hmm. moving the ball forward. I mean, for the third goal, he was a part of that play, uh, the build-up for the goal. So everyone put a shift in. But like I say, it's it's all right doing it against Man City now. We've won that game. If he can go to Burnley now, <laughs> like I say, a, a cold Wednesday, rainy night at Burnley. <laughs> just as hard. Just as hard. That's going to be a bigger test for him in the City, unfortunately. It will be. So let's not hang around anymore talking about the the King because it looks like the King is back. And, and I'm going to give you each your turn to talk about this man because I think it's only right. I'll start with you, Max. Harry Kane, what more can you say? I mean, that was probably the ultimate performance. And, wonder, and, and I think that's a performance where I think now we can put to bed this Kane isn't at it, Kane isn't there. Because he showed everything you want to see, didn't he? I think he just struggled to have words. Have where, where do you start describing him? Because the, the the scoring element of his game is just like the simple part. He's got absolutely everything other than pace, which he just is the perfect player that shows you don't need that. He can pass. The way he's adapted this new role in the last few years of like dropping back and defenders not being able to pick him up, he he falls into like a grey area of midfield, doesn't he? Where it's like the midfielders don't know whether they should mark him. Defence can't mark him because he's dropped back. He, he picks a pass, gets in the box, as we've seen. I, I feel like, I don't know how to describe him anymore. He's unbelievable. And I feel like we just have to admire and just take it all in every game we see him in a Spurs shirt because he is getting older. He wants to win things. And I'm just praying that fourth spot because it's, it's bigger than just finishing fourth. I, I mean, I'm not saying a player is bigger than the club. Absolutely not. But... He brings so much joy and you can see when he scored how much it means to him and how much for him, how much it means it sets off the fans because they know how much it means to him because he plays the Spurs and loves Spurs. So it's not just he's any other striker. It's the fact we've had him for so many years. He's one of our own. Um, and you know that annoys the, the, the lads down the road saying that every time. <laughs> but uh, just I still feel he annoying for him and he will never be able to get out of this stage because it's just the media and the agenda. But he could score 10 goals this season and they'll be like, oh, well, we didn't score 30. But he's done that for the last six, seven seasons. I mean, they'll always criticise him, but he is the king, right? He's he's, he's he's the first player on that team sheet and I just wish we could build the team around him. And if whether that's too late, I don't know. But in the summer, you've got to get players. I, I just feel like I wish they went to him a few seasons ago and said, who do you want us to sign? And just let Harry Kane basically go, I want him, I want him. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if, your key players, I feel like you should do that with. Don't be signing these these Jack Clarks and that ones that are going to get loaned out, bless them. But like, it just doesn't work. We needed big, big money signings. And I feel like the summer you need that. He's done well in January to support Kane. Because end of the day, if we don't didn't sign anyone, where's the ambition? Kane wants ambition. He wants the club to push for trophies. I think Patrick said he was at the start like he's more than happy to stay at Spurs as long as you show that the ambition and. Whether that's coming from Levy or the the board, I don't know. But it's because Conte's a hundred percent giving him the backing. I mean, he said, "Look, you're my main man," um, and 
you, the future is bright if you if you stick with me. And uh, you remember that interview with Kane and Mourinho, and it was like, stick with me, and you'll be like the best striker in the world, so to speak. I can't remember what the actual phrase was, but I'm just so glad that we can see it, everyone can see it, the management can see it. It's just, I mean, Song can see it, can't he? He loves playing. With it. <laughs> <laughs> and that record they've got is just remarkable. Yeah, that's they, They're going to break it. They're, they're they going to get break at it. least another assist. Hopefully against Burnley. I mean, we're going mm. to win that one. Just hopefully we don't leave it till the 98th minute. But um, yeah, that, I, I, I begin to, I forget <laughs> words to describe him. He's just, I need a drink. <laughs> I mean, obviously... In the summer, lots of fans, you know, lots of fans run happy. Lots of people kind of then saying, well, okay, if you want to go, go. I know we were firmly in that camp of like, listen, you can't afford to lose this guy because if, if he goes, then then where are we at that point? And I think he's starting to show those performances again now, isn't he? Where you think he's fully up to speed now. He believes in Conte. Conte has obviously brought something out of him. And we're again seeing... But in my eyes, the best striker in the world. Yeah, yeah it, it, for me, he's been the best striker in the world for a while. I know Lewandowski, people will talk about him, but Lewandowski plays in a Bayern Munich team, which is unbelievable. In a, if we're being honest, a weaker league. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be easier for Lewandowski to turn up. Don't get me wrong, he does turn up on Champions League nights as well, which is against the better team. So, fair dues. And then you've got Salah, who... I don't know if he's a striker, wide forward, whatever you want to call it. He's obviously um, there as well. But if you're talking about out-and-out out, number nine, Kane is the best for me. He's the best yeah. by a long shot. He's a hybrid nine slash ten. You know, we're, they're mocking and taking the piss out of Lukaku for only having seven touches. But Harry Kane would drop deep. He'll create his spray. He'll get on the ball. He can finish either foot. Uh, what I loved um, on, on Saturday was the fact that he scored a header because it's been a while since he's obviously had yeah. a cross delivered into him. That's decent. Yeah. And obviously that he's been in the box to get onto that because sometimes when he is dropping deep, he's not there to to be on the receiving end of that cross or that pass because he's the one spraying it or passing it. So I love the fact that we had some service and he took the initiative, ran in and scored. It was brilliant. And well, I think that, that his first goal was just an unbelievable he started that move, then yeah, with the ball, and then exactly. made up the ground to get in the box, and then and it was, a it was just inside a, of the foot finish. It was just a shame as well that the offside goal, because that was a brilliant yeah. passage of play. There were so many oh, passes involved oh. in that. Sonny finding him, because I thought Sonny just delayed his pass just a bit too much, but he still found him. And Son as well, we've got to give him his flowers, because he hasn't been at it in recent weeks. But on Saturday, he was brilliant, and he looked like the old son running at players. Yeah. His passing was fantastic. His movement was fantastic. And they just looked like at the end, you know, in the pre in the post-game interview, it looked like they was in love again. Because it looked like before Son was pissed at Kane for his theatrics and him wanting yeah. to move. And they didn't seem to be on the same page, but now they seem to have that connection again. And they just seem to be. You know, yeah, uh, and hopefully, well, they've, they've had Valentine's Day, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there was definitely a lover's tiff there, but now it seems like they're back in love again. So, no, long may it continue. We need it. We need it. Ryan, I, I was asked at the weekend, um, when we we're running around the front room, what was I going to do when Harry Kane finally did leave the club? And I think ultimately, the only thing I could come out with was cry because you know, <laughs> the guy is so fantastic. I mean. He is just, like I say, he's the king of White Art Lane now, isn't he? And he is just a complete player in my eyes. You know, apart from pace, I don't mm. think you find a better passer of a ball, 
a better finisher, as Patrick said, left foot, right foot. And that's even when it comes to passing. I mean, some of the passes that guy plays, it reminds me of Glenn Hoddle in the heyday. With, with his know, left foot as well. To be. With the left, left foot, as well, yeah. yeah. Not pass. just right foot. Yeah. I mean, some of those balls out to Royal at the weekend, they just take your breath away, don't they? I mean, yeah, but that, that's why he's the best striker in the world, because the growth of his game, there's not many other strikers who will drop deep like that and play passes like he can. He can operate as a number nine or a number 10. And he's still in it, the, the return of goals. I mean, obviously, he's, he's a little down on it this season. But, I mean, the guy was considered a one-season wonder in his first season. <laughs> he, he still, people still people still mention that. Like Max said a minute ago, people will still find a reason. I mean, if he gets 10 goals this season, that's what you'll hear all, all summer. Oh, as a one-season wonder, we told you, Lonk, he's no good. The disrespect this man gets mm-hmm. is unbelievable. I don't understand how people can't watch him and not just love his game. Because I say he's got he's got no pace, but everything else in the game, you don't need pace if you're that good. Because mm. he can he, he can read the game better than nine out, nine out of ten players. He is he's just a phenomenal player, and like. Like Patrick just said a minute ago, I think that's probably the first game, if I remember right, this season that I feel like him and Son have been him and Son. Yeah, they've actually connected. Yeah, like I mean, the the assist for Kane, the celebrations, the interview afterwards. We've been waiting. That was that was probably two games a month last season where you saw those two like that. And I said before the game to my dad, this if any game those two can turn up and be. Son and Kane, that this this is the game that they could do it, and oh god, it, that's that's exactly what we need because n- no matter which one of them scores, if if we're winning the game, if we're getting points and we're climbing up the table, they're both happy. They both love the club. Whether Kane Kane's ambition might uh, go beyond Daniel Levy's or anything like that, he still loves this club. He will still fight for this club. He will wear that badge with pride. He will do anything for the fans. So while we've got him, we've just got to admire him because every player leaves or retires eventually and football moves on and you find another hero after that. But like I say, it will be a sad day when he does actually leave, but he's not leaving anytime soon. So I'd rather admire him than wait for that day to come. I'll tell you what, someone's going to have to do something very special to take over that mantra from Kane as being the next hero for Spurs fans, because I tell you now, the guy has just provided memory after memory, isn't he? Um, okay, that was that was an amazing weekend for us and great three points that we didn't expect, as we mentioned last week. So let's just roll it on and have a look at the next game we've got coming up, which is Burnley away. Now, obviously, the sceptic, and that in everyone will say this will be typical Spurs now to go away to Burnley and not come away with anything. But Max, we've got to go into that game now full of confidence, haven't we? And and that this Man City game should be used as a spring ball to say, look, if we win our games, top four is there for us. But we have to start and we have to treat this game to you know Wednesday night the same as the City game and we've got to go with the same intensity. We can't now drop off and, you know, just kind of like keep celebrating, you know, kind of hung over from this Man City game. We've got to go mm-hmm. there and get a performance, haven't we? Sometimes these sort of sides, you go if you go 1-0 down, they're actually harder than the big teams because the big teams will come at you 
and give you like opportunities to get the ball in the box, get crosses. You go, you go one nil down to Burnley. They're putting eleven men in their own box. That's that's literally how they're going to play. They 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 got rid of they got rid of one giant in Chris Wood and they replaced him with an even bigger giant. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's it, they know exactly what their game plan is. Their game plan is get it to him. They'll do the same thing. They'll they they ain't going to play tiki taka football. They're just going to go long ball, try and get it to him. Have a have a cheap shot snapshot from somewhere. I mean, it's Burnley. It's been the same same tactics every season. It's Sean Dyche. That's what he does. He's uh, He knows exactly what we're going to be bringing to the table. He's going to know that Kane and Son telepathic control over the top ball and Kane get the, it's Kane get the ball. And do you remember there was that season where they obviously scored like tons and tons of goals? Then there was a season after it where it slowed down a little bit because they actually figured it out that Kane we could find Son. And now we're making things work again. It's just, I feel like Conte, if anyone can do it, it's him. I feel like Wednesday's a lot more pressure than the City game because you're not expecting yeah. it, are you? You're not expecting it. So, I'm not going to... I'd love to sit here and say we're going to go there and little two... I'd say 2-1 if I had to put an early score prediction out, but it will be nice just to go there and just not beat around the bush, not go 60, 70 minutes without a goal. Like, I want to get there, go there, get an early goal and say to Bernie, look, you want to play? You've got to come, you've got to come at us now because end of the day, if they're, they're attacking, they're, they're going to leave the game wide open for us to go and go and score goals. So their game plan will be pretty simple for, for everyone to that's not in the football world to know how Burnley play. You can watch them once and work out their tactics, can't you? It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those nights. I'm just praying that one it's gonna be they'll they'll probably pitchfork the ground so that it's shit to play on. <laughs> It'll be snowing again. It'll be something. I mean, I've I've been up there once and never again. That that place is awful. That, <laughs> alone, I mean, teams that come to Water Lane must just think, "Wow, this is the palace of this is unbelievable." Because I feel sorry for fans having to go to that stadium week in week out. Honestly, <laughs> but no, uh, football aside, they're they're. I mean, they've, they've done well, obviously, because they're, they're they're a Premier League side. They're not just. One that go up and down, like you could. And had a good result in the weekend, didn't they? I mean, beating yeah, going to going to Brighton, beating Brighton convincingly. Yeah. That, that was yeah, a brilliant scout that. for them, that's for sure. So that will give them some confidence going into the game, won't it? As well, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think it's just going to be. Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be a nervy one because naturally you expect it on paper. It's one of them. Like if I'm playing football manager, I'd be like, oh yeah, should be able to beat Burnley, but. Premier League sides at the end of the day, none of them are going to turn over. I mean, like you just said, 3-0 away at Brighton. Brighton are a good side. They've beaten us yeah, before true. now. So, so why they're not just going to turn over for us, are they? No, definitely. And Patrick, I think going, going to this Burnley game, I think, as we're saying, one of the difficult things is going to be against City. I wouldn't say they played that they kind of help, but they do kind of help our game, don't they? Because they yeah. want to press us high up the pitch, play a high line, yeah. which gives us that threat of Son, you know, with Kane's through balls, Son over the Son over the top, through the gaps. This won't be like that, will it, on Wednesday? You know, Burnley will come and provide a different opposition. Oh. We have got to try and find a way to play against those sides that won't kind of do what teams like City or Liverpool will do. Because in both of those games, we created lots of chances, but we can't seem to do that against sides like this, can we? Yeah, it, it reminds me of a typical Europa League or even a Conference League night. Because, you know, when you play a Champions League team, like you said, Carl, they, and, and like Max alluded to, those teams want to score, they want to play, they will come at you. And then it, it's an open game, you know, it's quality against quality. And you try and, you know, just pick a pass and the better team wins. When you play a team where you're expected to win, 
they give you the ball and they're just like, go ahead, break us down. We're happily take a draw. Or if you beat mm-hmm. us 1-0, so be it. So these games are not great. I mean, you're excited to watch them because you expect to win. But realistically, they're never great spectacles because it's quite nullifying and negative football. But if we want to be considered a big team and, and we want to be taken seriously and finishing the top four, these are the games where you have to win. We need to move the ball around a bit quicker. Just make sure we don't switch off defensively. We know what they're going to be about. Time-wasting, goalkeepers falling on every cross, people taking ages to throw the ball in, all that type of rubbish. But we just need to stick to our game plan and just move the ball around quickly, be decisive, try and pass behind the lines. You know, Ben Tanko is someone that can move the ball between the lines. Kudaszewski is direct and he get at people. Son and Kane show their quality. We should win the game. I don't want to put too much predictions out there and be cocky, but... These are games we need to win now, especially, you know, going against City and getting those points, it should really give us that confidence. Hopefully Burnley scoring as well uh, and the way they did and winning that game, hopefully that will give them a, a false sense of security and they'll come at us thinking they're better than they are, that they can score goals. And, and, and you know, because they didn't expect to get three points uh, away to Brighton. Um, so hopefully that will give them a bit more, you know, they'll just be a bit more open and we can go and get the win. Uh, we need to win. We can't drop no more points. Arsenal are picking up points. Man United picking up points. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers are flipping, picking up points everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's like they're not out of the mix yet. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not. They're really not. And so we need to get a win. And then obviously just let, hopefully, the other teams slip up. But Leeds and Wolves, we can't afford to drop any more points now. Yeah, Ryan, we, we said last week, didn't we, that, you know, go, going into that City game, we kind of said it was a bit of a free hit because no one's expecting anything from you. But given those three points, this is now vital, isn't it? That these next two games, we really do show that we can get top four because, again, nothing but a win really kind of knocks the stuffing out of you again, doesn't it? So this Burnley game is is one where we really want to go and make that statement that, yeah, listen, we've beat City away and now we're going to go and turn sides like Burnley over when we face them. You've, yeah, you've, we've got to, Burnley especially, and then Leeds afterwards. Like the, the player we've just spoke about, Kane, if you want to keep him, these are games you've got to win because we want that top four position. You've got, we've got to go to Burnley and... Put in a before. I mean, if Romero and Dyer, as daft as it sounds, this will be a much tougher game for them yeah. against Burnley because, like Max just said, they've got a giant up front. There's only one way they're going to go in that game. They're going to they're going to hoof the ball up to him, try and get Cornet and McNeil to work off him, break the lines. I mean, that's it's going to be such a tough game for Dyer and Romero. But at the same time, we shouldn't worry about. Veghorst, they should be worried about Kane and Son and Kulisevsky and Bentacle. We we can't go to Burnley and worry about what they're going to do. We need to take that game by the screen. Aaron Lennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he have a point to prove. Yeah. Yeah. He scored a good goal on, on Saturday. Mate, he's got a man. quality yeah. goal, yeah. He's, he's, he's getting better with age, that bloke. <laughs> I, love, I love Aaron Lennon. Fine line. Oh. We've just got, we've got we have no other option now. We've got to go. I'd like to say, Man, you were away in Madrid that same night. We need to make yeah. sure that they're checking. They, they'll be checking that result as soon as that as soon as their game in Madrid's done. Definitely. The first thing their players will do, and the managers and the staff, they'll be checking the result because we are chasing Man U now, and we're chasing Arsenal. Mm. And I know we've got games against West Ham, but we're chasing West Ham as well. We've got to 
pick these points up now. I mean, like I say, it's not it's not going to be an easy game. It's not going to be uh, a thing. Yeah, like I say, you expect a really tough game, but we are good enough to be a Champions League club. And if we want this manager to stay, and if we want our top player to stay, then we've got to go away to Burnley, and we can't have no excuses. You can't. Yeah. We can't listen to conditions or we can't... We're good enough to go to Burnley and pick up all three points comfortably. Mm-hmm. We're that level above Burnley. We shouldn't worry about Burnley. But it's Tottenham, in it? They always give stories, so <laughs> we'll have to see till Wednesday. <laughs> Max, do you see any changes coming from that side that played City? I mean, do we think Dyer it would be ready to play two games so quickly? Regulon, does he come back in? What, do you, do you envisage any changes or see anything different? Um, it's it's hard one to say, obviously, because if you beat City away, you feel like, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll play exactly the same side, but I guess you're setting up completely different. Like you said, we're not going to be getting in behind as much. So playing Reggie, if he's back, is it going to make much difference? I mean, Davis has obviously looked... I thought that side, Davis actually looked... looked whether you go as far as saying really good is obviously a different story, but he's looked so much better in that three he looks so much more comfortable um he's not someone that's going to get up and down the wings either but i just i don't know at the moment i'm i'm more than happy with conte whoever he wants to pick there's not someone like you said Doherty. i've, I've turned my nose up to him before but the fact how you see how much it meant to him when he actually had that block it it takes to sometimes a bit of confidence um like emerson royale that bit of confidence from the other day as well knowing that he's contributed to that win yeah it only helps a player. I mean, on the back of a win like that, they're all going to be fired and ready and up for it, surely. So, I can't see major changes. Um, I mean, I can see it's a sort of game where a keep ball is obviously a must. But just It's going to be trying to work it and maybe playing that tiki-taka football. I mean, I don't know when... Does anyone know when Skip's actually back? Because he's the only player that I actually, I actually do quite admire, Skip. But... Well, I think, I we, know, I think he's still going to be out for a little while, isn't really? he, Skip? So, yeah, yeah that, that'd be the interesting one. I mean, Patrick, any any changes for you? Would you make? Would you change yeah. anything? Or the only the only change I'd make is uh, Regalon in for Sessignon. Um And other than that, I'd keep it exactly as it is. Um, Sessignon has, has has been good. Well, I say good. He's been decent defensively. Offensively, he's just not there yet. He looks a bit. He looks a bit scared on the ball. He looks yeah. timid. He looks a bit worried that he's overthinking things. Just play your in the headlights a little yeah, bit. Yeah, when, when he was at Fulham, he was just, it was second nature. He would take his man on, he'd beat him, he'd whip him across. He was instinctive, he would finish. Now it's like he's become almost like starstruck and he's in awe of playing at Tottenham and he's 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 overthinking the game. Just play the game and play the game and not mm. the occasion. And with Cess, it seems like he's trying too hard and that's why he's kind of coming unstuck. So I'd, I'd put I'd put a Regulon in. Regulon's not without his faults. Uh, he hasn't been yeah. clinical enough, and he we we spoke on touched on it last week and the week before. Um, I, I still have my doubts about him, but I still feel at this moment he's better than Sessing Young. So I put him in. But other than that, every player has been fantastic, and I wouldn't really change it. Keep Kuseski in. You don't get a goal and assist in your first start and then get dropped. That would be criminal yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, other than that, I'd keep it exactly the same. Um, a, a totally different game, but the players should be good enough and should know what it means to beat um, to beat Burnley and, and go for it. And, and Ryan, what about you, mate? Anything you you'd change or like the guy said, would you kind of try and keep it as much of the same as possible here? 
I don't, I don't see any, I don't see any changes. I don't think Regulon will come in for Sessegnon. I think he'll stick. We said, I don't know. I'm exactly the same as Patrick. I feel exactly the same as Sessegnon. We know, we know he's a talented young mm. player, but his, his confidence is a bit. He, he, he feels a bit nervous when he gets the ball. He don't want to, like, especially being subbed off so early in the game before. Obviously, it's not, it's not something he did. But Conte came out and said that it was tactics and everything like that but he don't want to put a foot wrong at the minute so when he's getting the ball he's a little bit slower than the rest because mm. he don't yeah. want to make a mistake but I say I don't I don't think he'll make it Kulusevsky's got he's got to start like yeah. Pat's just said goal assist on his debut his actual first start for the club yeah he, he's got to start and like I said the only the only realistic one you look at is Regulon and Sessegnon but I'll be more than happy to see Sess and Young stay in. He's got the pace to keep up with your McNeils and Cornets. And yeah. like you say, it's 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 something you'll look at, but um I'll be more than happy. But like Max said, I'm trusting Conte at the minute. Whatever side he puts out, he could put Harvey White in and Dane Scarlett. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trust no, no, Conte. Don't say, don't say that. That's a bit too far. I know what you're saying, I know what you mean, but no, no, not, no, not yet. Sorry, that's, that's, sorry, that's why Nuno, that's why Nuno went early doors, Maybe Ryan might have had one too many drinks. Yeah, yeah that's a bit too far. Hey, <laughs> hey, trust the process, boys. Where we that before? Trust the process. <laughs> starting, I need three points, Ryan. Right, we need the three points. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what, then let's go round let's go round the room and give some predictions. So Mac, oh, what are you to, saying? Have... Come Patrick, let's let's be brave. Let's not sit on the fence. Max, what are you saying? What, what are you going with? Score prediction and scorers. Ooh. Uh, I think I said I said a two-one as long as he doesn't start wings. <laughs> um, I don't know if Holly's still yeah. watching. He might yeah. come off that dark hold at some point. Nah, that's, uh, I mean, I, I actually just forgot to talk about him because I actually have nothing against him. I just feel like, well, I probably do actually. He just, I feel like he just doesn't pass the <laughs> forward. He, he's too left to right. If you want to play safe, you play wings basically, and we we need to win. So yeah. We do exactly. need to attack. We can't just sit back. Like, I don't know. If, right. If Winks had received that pass that Benton Kerr had, you, that, we're not scoring. Yeah. So, yeah. there's going to be times where we're going to be on the front foot, hopefully. And we might be able to beat him. Like, the corners and that, they always throw all their, all their lumps up, don't they? So, we'll see what happens. I'll go with 2-1. That's what I went for. Fair enough. And, and scores, scores, yeah, scores. Kane going to get on there again? Yeah. Uh, I fancy Kulu getting another one actually, um, and then Son. We'll go for a Kane, Kane to assist to, to get the record. Break the record, yeah. We'll be beating the record. And Patrick, what about you, mate? What, what, what are you thinking? I'm going I'm to be brave and say three-one, but it's not going to be. It's going to be an edgy three-one. But I think we will just have enough quality to to, to see it through. Uh, scorers, Kane, Son, and yeah, probably Kulu. Yeah. I think yeah. Sam, Hotspur Sam agrees with there you there. Thank, I like that. Thanks well for his done. contribution yeah. tonight as well. And Ryan, what about you, mate? I'm going for a three-two and another late winner. That's, oh. that's the only Ooh. way we seem to win at the minute. Three-two, <laughs> <Three> two. <laughs> a late winner. Kane, late winner. 
I'm not sure I can stand these three two yeah. results much longer. You know, it's <laughs> not getting any younger. Yeah, <laughs> the, way, the way it went on Saturday as well. I'm having a Kane hat trick against. Burnham. Oh, okay, Kane nice. hat trick. I'll, wow. I'll take that. Yeah, we'll take, take a that. Kane. Yeah. Wait, Patrick well, got the result right last last last. He one. did. Yeah. 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 What are you saying? Lottery, num- lottery numbers, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, three three one. Kane, Son, and Kulu. So there, there you go. No, nice. <laughs> I'm going to go two one, and I think we'll see Kane and Son score, um, and like as we say, break that record. Um, so I think that kind of brings us to the end because we we could go on all night, but we'll we'll draw it to a close there, guys. Just want to say brilliant episode. Um, so we'll go round Max. Appreciate great debut tonight, and if do you want to give anyone just your YouTube just so they can follow you in that because it's it's well worth a watch. Yeah, no, nah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Um, I feel like I feel like it went all right. I feel uh, I haven't scared anyone off. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to <laughs> obviously check out my content, Extra Max. Um, at the moment, mainly live reactions of the games, either with the old man or if I'm at the game, obviously. Um, and yeah, just obviously hoping to jump on more podcasts in the future and to see what happens. Really, no worries, mate. We'll definitely get you back on if you're up for it as well. It's brilliant, brilliant debut tonight, Patrick. Where can we find you? Where can the guys find you, mate? Uh, yeah, on Twitter. We're all connected on Twitter already. So that's at Patrick Tyron. And then um, our podcast is Views TV Official. Max, definitely going to get you on. Ryan, I need to get you on. It's a bit difficult because I'm a Spurs fan. It's quite difficult for me to get more Spurs fans on. Spurs covered. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, need to, I need to just sit back and probably just ask questions and get more Spurs fans on. So I need to do that. And then I'm also on the football terrace all the time. And obviously I'm here, of course coys.com every week so yeah um again carl always a pleasure ryan my brother always love and uh, max it's been great like chopping up with you another sterling yeah, another sterling performance patrick and ryan what about yourself mate where can everyone find you yeah twitter handles on the screen every friday on the first 11 youtube channel a late one 10 o'clock every friday night on granted football tottenham hotspur just just Tottenham. So whoever wants to come on more than welcome. I know Tanya's gonna be watching this show, so I'm chasing Tanya to get on that. I'm <laughs> chasing Tanya for too long to come back on this show. Oh, that's too <laughs> funny. She'll be back on. But yeah, every Monday with the brother Pat, yourself, yes. Carl. Great to meet Max as well. Do more pods with Max in the future. So another good Monday for us. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you very much, chaps. And we just want to say big thanks to all the guys in the chat for providing their chat. So massive appreciation for you guys watching. And hopefully we're going to be bringing you some new midweek content as well. We're going to be doing a new little segment called Bite Size, Koi's Bite Size, where we'll be bringing you some smaller videos and that to watch as the week goes on. So hopefully we all enjoyed that. It wasn't the sort of episode we thought we would be doing tonight, so that was a pleasant change. (laughs) Um, We'll catch you all again on Monday. So come on, you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.